the sound people. But we just going to do it the old-fashioned way, amen? <laughs> Before we had all of this and everything, we just wrote it down as someone said it, amen? So my title is Using Your Voice to Be a Part of the Solution. And the subtitle, because I just didn't quite know, and I'm just going to say God gave me this message about two years ago. And I taught it in Bible study. But, you know, sometimes God can give you a word, and then he'll give you a new revelation about that word. Amen? And so this is part two of the message that I taught two years ago. And the subtitle was, Are You God's Solution to the Problem? So today's title is Using Your Voice to be part of the solution. Amen. So Heavenly Father, we just pray this morning. We thank you for your manifestation presence. Father, we just thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Father, we just thank you as we commit this service to you that revelation knowledge will flow freely, uninterrupted, unhinged, in the spirit that satanic spirit or demonic spirit that is not of you, you raise up a standard against it. Father, I ask you that you speak through my vocal cords, think through my mind, none of me but all of you. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Thank God. Amen, amen. Amen. So this subject that I'm going to speak on is very familiar to each and every one of you. And when Pastor Nick asked me if I would get up two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, and Pastor Jim was going to be out of town, if I would get up and, you know, just bring a word. And immediately I thought of this word. And I thought about how God had been dealing with me from two years ago, and he gave me revelation on this word. So I just want to share with you, and I want you to have an open mind today. Amen. I want you to hear, I'm just a messenger. And sometimes when you're just a messenger and the Holy Spirit is speaking through you, you might say things that may be a little offensive to those that don't quite know the truth. Amen? So I'm going to ask you just to have an open mind to hear what God is saying to you through this word. And I'm, I really know that you're going to be blessed by it. Amen? Because it's nothing that we don't already know. It's nothing that we, and sometimes God just brings stuff back to our remembrance, amen? Sometimes God will bring back to us, you know, something he spoke a while ago, but he's bringing it back to you because he's giving you a desire and a burden in your heart to do something about it, amen? So I'm just going to say, and I'm not going to dwell on all the negative, but I have to talk about it. You know, some things we just have to talk about. Amen? And one of the things, several of the things that we know that's going on is in this culture, in this world that we're living in, right is wrong and wrong is right. We have a generation said they are woke. Have anybody heard that word? Yes, woke. To this, this, that's the word that the new generation... I had to really ask somebody, what do woke mean? Because... I didn't know what it was, and they kind of explained it to me. It meant, you know, you have new ideas, you woke to the real truth. And I was thinking, if you don't know God, you are not woke. I don't care what the media tell you. I don't care what new ideas is going on. God was the same yesterday, today, and forever, amen? So if you're not woke to the things of God, you still sleep. Am I right? If you're not woke to the things of God, you still sleep. Amen? Giving, you know, I just have to give honor to God. I'm old school. And that just popped in my mind. I want to honor God on this morning. And his son, Jesus, who is the head of my life. Amen. And I also want to honor Pastor Jen, our pastor. The woman of God that has the heart for the people. And I thank God for her and Pastor Clayton. And Pastor Nick, I thank God for you. You are an 
awesome minister to this ministry. Amen. So I just wanted to get that. And my ministry team that is here to support me on today, I thank God for you. And I honor the whole household of faith. Amen. I had to get that out because I had to be obedient to God. There is nothing wrong with honoring people. Amen. There's nothing wrong with that. We should honor each other. But getting back to my topic, we have, thank you, Holy Spirit, we have a lot of problems going on in this world. We In the schools, in our government, even in the churches. You know, we have people that are just allowing God, the, the devil, to use them and do evil things to bring injustice. In our schools, you know, we have our children that are privy to things that they shouldn't even be privy to at a young age. You know, we in our churches, we're dealing with what? Backsliders. People that has turned away from God. People that has heard the lies of the enemy and decide to run the opposite direction and has been told that now right is wrong and wrong is right. That everything that you've heard, everything that's been taught through the word of God is wrong. You have people struggling with their identity these days. Come on. They don't know who they are. So you have a lot of confusion going on in this world. You have people that, you know, just don't have any type of peace. And I'm not even just talking about the unsaved. I'm talking about the saved. They don't have any kind of peace in their lives. But how many of you know that God will give you peace? That peace that surpasses all understanding. We have people that are looking for love. And looking for it in all the wrong places. Amen. They think alcohol will do it. They think drugs will do it. They think sex will do it. You know, confusion. This world is in a condition that God is not pleased with. Amen. But how many of you know that? Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. What are they looking for? They're looking for Jesus. It's just as simple as that. It's not, it's not complicated. It's not what the world is telling. The answer is Jesus Christ, the Redeemer, the great Redeemer, the great Savior, the great Deliverer, the great Healer, our strong tower in the time of health. That's who they're looking for. Jesus, the God that can do the impossible. Whatever problem you got, whatever situation, whatever circumstances that you are confronted with today, God can answer and solve the problem. You know, it's an old word in the um, Bible, and it says in um, uh, Matthew, the book of Matthew, is feather. Jesus break every feather. What that means is Jesus break every chain. Every shekel Jesus can break. Whatever ch chain or shekel is in your life, God can break it. Every man, amen? Every solution, if you need a solution, God's got it. So let's go into the word of God by scripture. Can I just take my time here? Let's just go into the word of God and just read some scriptures and see what God has to say. Because the question is today, will you allow your voice to be part of the solution? Will you allow your voice? There is a whole lot of people that are lost in this world. It's a whole lot of people that's lost and need the gift of salvation. There's a whole lot of people that have not heard the true word of God. It's a whole lot of people that are struggling and they need Jesus. But God, what? He works through us. We are the vessel that he pours into and he works through. Amen. So will you allow God 
This is the question. Will you allow God to use your voice to save a sin-sick world? Will you allow God to do that? And I know some of you might be saying, well, I've tried that. I did that. And when I, you know, was ministering to people or when I said something about God, they looked at me funny or they turned their head or they said something smart or whatever. They rejected Jesus Christ. So if you know if they reject Jesus Christ in his home, own hometown, they're going to reject you. We're going to come against some opposition. Amen. When we're doing the work of the Lord, there's going to be some opposition. But if God called you, if God has anointed you, if God said, I want to use you, if there's an assignment on your name by God, then he's prepared the way for you. Amen? He's prepared that way. Don't get that drawback spirit. When you speak in the word of God, don't get a drawback spirit. You know, I was talking about some people don't know their identity. Sometimes I believe Christians forgot who they are. We don't forgot who our identity are. We forgot whose we are and who we are. Yes. Sometimes, you know, I feel like we are more in the closet than anybody else. Amen. We are more in the closet. And I'm going to say it again, than anybody else. God wants us to come out and have that holy boldness that he has given us. Amen. Speak the word of God. Somebody needs to hear it. Somebody is hungry and thirsty to hear the word of God. And God wants to use your voice. Don't forget who you are. Don't get your identity mixed up. Who are you? Sometimes you have to, re I have to remind myself who I am. I'm the child of the most high God. I'm the son or daughter of God. I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I remind myself of that. I'm the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. I've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. I've been delivered from the darkness. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I have to, you have to remind yourself. Because if you don't, you will get a drawback spirit. And you won't allow God to use your voice. Amen. So if you're going to allow God, how do you allow God to use your voice? How to how are you going to be a voice for God? How to be a voice for God? John 27, 10, 27 says this. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hears my voice, and I know them, and they do what? They follow me. The, one of the biggest lies, and it's several, that the enemy tells us that you can't hear God's voice. That everybody else can hear God's voice but you. But if you're a born-again born believer, you can hear God's voice. Amen? You can hear God's voice. You can hear God's voice. You are his sheep. You are his people. You are a believer of Christ. So you are able to hear his voice when he speaks to you, when he gives you direction, when he gives you strategies, when he gives you instructions, when he gives you divine revelation of the word of God, what to do, how to do it, you can hear that. Because you are his sheep. And he said, you can hear his voice. Amen. John 18 and 37, it says, to this end was I, this is Jesus speaking. To this end was I born, for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. That's why you can hear his voice. 
If you are of the truth and you being obedient to God and walking in the things of God and you on the side of the truth, not on the other side, but you on the side of the truth, you can hear God's voice. The enemy wants you to think everybody, the pastor hear God's voice. You know, people that are scholars in the word, word, they can hear God, but you can't hear God's voice. That's a lie from the pit of hell. If you are a believer, you can hear his voice. But to, in order to hear his voice and hear what he has to say, because you can't declare the word of the Lord. You can't declare what God is saying to you if you can't hear him. So if you want to hear him, you got to spend some time with him. You got to spend some time with him. You know, I use this example when people always say, how do I know if I'm hearing God's voice? The same way you know when you hear your child's voice. Your child can be in a nursery with 10 other children, and you can hear him or her scream. You get up. It's in your DNA. I say it's mother's DNA to know their child's voice. You know your voice scream. You know your, voice, your child's voice when they laugh. You know their voice. You know your husband's voice. You know your friend's voice. I know my husband's voice because if he's looking at football with some of his friends and he's screaming, run, run, get that ball, get that ball, I don't even have to turn around. If I'm in the kitchen preparing something and I got my girl's friends in there with me, I go, that's him. That, that one is mine. <laughs> that one is mine. I don't even turn around. I don't go to the door and peek and say, baby, was that you screaming? No, I know it was him. Why do I know it's him? Because I've spent time with him. When you spend time with God, you form a relationship with God, and you know his voice. So don't let the enemy tell you that you can't recognize God's voice when he's speaking to you. Because you can but spending time with God, it's mandatory. It's mandatory that you spend time with God if you want to hear his voice. You know, I'm reminded of Martha and Mary. And Martha was around busy doing the work of, you know, fixing things, cooking, cleaning, doing all that stuff, preparing. So good hospitality, the gift of hospitality, I say. But Mary... What was she doing? She was worshiping. And the Bible said, Jesus said, one thing is needed. What was that thing? It wasn't just worship. Even though that's what Mary did. He said, one thing is needed. And what is that? That we spent, that she spent time with him. Mary knew in her heart, as important as all the stuff that Martha was doing, what was so much more important that she spent time at his feet so that she could hear the word of God. You know, we have to spend time at Jesus' feet so we can hear him, so we can hear him when he speaks. Time spent in the presence of God is never lost. I'm going to say that again. Time spent, time spent in any time that you invest in God, spending time with God is time that can't be stolen. The word of God can be stolen if you will let it. The word of God can be stolen out of your heart. But time spent with God can never be stolen. And it's that time that you invest in God. You know, we like to invest in. Some of us invest money. I invest a little money and stuff. And I'm looking for a return all the time. Amen. But when you invest in time, there is a return. There is a return. And some of you might say again, well, I did that. And, you know, and God, I tried to minister to people and that didn't work. Well, Galatians 6 
and 9 says, let us not be weary in our well-doing, for we'll reap if we faint not. What is it that we'll reap? We'll reap the things of the Spirit if we spend time with the Lord. We'll reap a Holy Ghost harvest, amen? We'll reap a crop of eternal life, amen? That's what we'll reap. We'll reap the spiritual things of God. You know, you hear Pastor Jen talking about dreams and visions, and she can see God sometimes moving in the church, you know, as we begin service or as we're doing worship. Why can she do that? Because if you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap from the Spirit. Amen? If you sow to the flesh, you'll reap destruction from the flesh. Amen? So, Matthew 9, 37 and 8 says, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. When there is a person that needs to know God, and no one is speaking life into their spirit, because God says death and life is in the power of the tongue. We have power right here. There's power in this tongue right here. It's power in your tongue. There's death and life in the power of the tongue. The harvest is plenteous. That means there's a lot of people out here that need to hear your voice. It's a lot of people out here that need to hear you declaring the goodness of God. There's a lot of people out here that needs to hear you say, Jesus lives. Amen? Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a deliverer. It's a lot of people out here that needs to hear the good news. And God wants to use your voice, your voice, to do that. And some might be saying, well, you don't know. I don't think I'm... I don't think I'm worthy. You know, the enemy will tell you that lie, that you're not worthy. Oh, you just don't know what I did. You don't know, you know, you don't know what has happened to me and the things that I've done. Well, if you'd have messed up, fess up. It's simple. Repent. Turn back to God. Get up and be about God's business. Amen? Don't let the enemy rob you of the life that God has in store for you, all the blessings that God has for you. Don't let the enemy rob you of that. The scripture says here, if we confess our sins, John 1, 1 and 9, he is faithful and just and forgive us from our sins and pure us Purify us from all unrighteousness. It's just that simple. God, grace, and mercy is new every morning. He'll forgive you, whatever it is, because he want to use you. No matter what position you're in right now, if you repent with all your heart. The Bible says he throw it in the sea of forgetfulness, and he remembers your sin no more. Amen. That's an awesome thing. I love that scripture. Because it says to me that God is so graceful and merciful that no matter what we do, there is nothing that you can do. He makes a conscious decision once you repent to not even remember it no more. There's not, let me just say this, there's nothing that you can do to make God love you. There's nothing that you can do, because he is love, and he already loves you. He is love. He loves you. It's nothing that you can do in a negative way to make God stop loving you. It's nothing you can do to make him love you, and there's nothing that you can do to make him stop loving you. Because he is love. And he loves you in spite of you. He loves you. He has what they call the agape love. That unconditional love. And that same love, when we become believers, 
he shed it abroad in our hearts. He gave us that love for each other, for the lost, for this sin-sick world. That's why he wants to use our voice to turn them around and turn them back to him. But we got to be a willing vessel. We can't believe the eyes of the enemy. We can't get weary in our way of doing. We can't believe that God don't want to use us. Just repent. Yes, you're going to come through opposition. There's always going to be opposition when you're doing the things of God. There's always going to be opposition when God call you out to stretch you. See, when you're spending that time with God, he's stretching you. He's stretching you. He wants to take you to a new level. He wants to take you from glory to glory. So he stretches us. You know, no... You might have a secular job, and God might call you off of that secular job. But if he do, he's going to provide for you. There's going to be provision. You just have to have faith. You know, he might not even call you off of your secular job. He might say, this is where I want you to be. But you know what? When you spend that time with God, he'll make it where you can spend time with him. All of a sudden, there's less clothes to wash. The babies are being good this, today. They sleeping for two or three hours instead of five minutes. That's your time with the Lord. That's where he can stretch you. The husband's not messing up the house that much. We don't have to clean up behind them that much. That's your time where God can stretch you. Amen? You don't have to cook today. Because it's okay to eat leftovers. That's that time that you got that God can stretch you. And when he's stretching you, he just wants to take you to another level. He wants to take you into deeper waters. Amen? He wants to take you into deeper waters. He says, he takes us from what? Glory to glory. But you have to spend time with them. Amen? To hear his voice so that you will know what thus say the Lord. So that you can know what to declare, what to say to the lost. You know, using your voice don't mean just picking up a Bible and just, you know, God said this and God said that. Sometimes God will use your testimony. Some God, sometimes God will use your spiritual gifts. If you got a heart for hospitality, he'll say, bake, bake your neighbor this. Take it over there. Once you get over there, you realize, you don't know why God told you to do that, but you realize they are going through something. And when you take it over there, they begin to share. That's God using you. That's God using your voice. Amen? There's all, however that looks for you, and you have to birth that out in prayer, However that looks for you, that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to rise up. Be all that he's called you to be. Use your voice for the kingdom of God. Amen. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I've given unto you power to shred over serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means harm you. Why do he give you power? Because he knows there's going to be opposition. He knows you have an enemy. He tells us, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts. It's kingdom against kingdom. It's a battle going on in this world. But the good news is that we win. We win. Why do we win? Because we got the Holy Spirit directing us, giving us strategies, guiding us, speaking to us. That's why we win. We win this battle. You know, when we speak, our voices are so powerful that the demons have to tremble. That's just how much power we have in our voices. 
We can use our voices to build the kingdom up and tear the enemy kingdom down. We can do it one way or the other. We can use our voices to build God's kingdom up or try to tear, tear his kingdom down, but we can't do it. We can't do it. We want to use our voices to what? Build his kingdom up. Reach out to the lost. Speak the good news. Let people know God loves them unconditionally, that he's waiting for them with open arms like the prodigal son. He's just waiting to use you, to love on you. What God wants, he wants a relationship with you. He wants to give you eternal life. What is eternal life? He said, this is eternal life, that you might know me, the true and living God, and Jesus Christ whom I've sent. That's eternal life. He wants you to know him, have a relationship with him. Amen? So in order to do that, to order to give that gift to somebody else, you have to use your voice. Amen? So are you willing? Are you willing to be that vessel that God pours into and work through? Are you willing to do that? You know, even if, like I said, even if you have messed up in the past, you're in good company. Peter, he denied Christ, what, three times. But he humbled himself under the mighty hand of God. And what? God used him. Paul, he was around, what, persecuting Christians. But he had an encounter with God on the road of Damascus. And he humbled himself under the mighty hand of God. And what did God do? He used him. So no matter what, what I'm saying to you is no matter what you did or doing, if you repent, God wants to use you. Paul went on establishing churches here and there, wrote three epistles, three book, 13 books in the Bible. I'm sorry, 13 books in the Bible he wrote. But he started out, what, persecuting Christians, beating up on Christians, doing whatever he can do. He thought he was doing the right thing, but he wasn't. But after he humbled himself and repented, God used him, amen? So how do we use our voice? I told you, you use him. You'll use your voice when you can hear the word of God when you spend time with him. And a lot of times, the reason why we don't use our voices because we lack expectations from God. We lack expectations from God. And what I mean by that is when we sit down and we, in the presence of God, we're not expecting too much. We want it, but we're not expecting it. When you want to be healed, when Pastor Jen brings a prayer line up, say, okay, here's the prayer line. Those of you that want to be healed, come forth. You might come forth, but in the back of your mind, you got plan A, B, and C just in case this don't work. That means you're not expecting God to do anything. You want him, but just in case I don't get healed, I'm going to do what my friend told me last night. I'm going to go to that doctor that she said he's a new doctor and, you know, this happened. Or you begin to think, you know, just in case I'm not going to be here, I need to, you know, do this. My friend says her auntie had this and this is what happened to them and it didn't turn out too good. So, but you're in the prayer line and you're asking God to heal you. But you got A, B, C, D lined up just in case he don't. There's no expectations there, amen? No expectations. You want prosperity. You're looking for God to increase your finances. But you're not expecting it. You're expecting failure all the time when it comes to your finances. You are looking for something that would not bring it into fruition. 
because there's no expectation. Without any expectations, there's no what? Manifestation. If you don't expect nothing from God, there will be nothing from God. You have to expect from God. So, you know, I was thinking about Nehemiah. He fit well into, you know, what he went through and what that nation went through parallels to what we are going through today. It parallels what we're going through today. You know, in the book of Nehemiah, it says that, and I'm just talking, I'm not reading all the scriptures. I think I got 20 scriptures, but I'm not, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit just lead me to what to say to you. Amen. Nehemiah, in the book of Nehemiah, I love that book because Nehemiah saw a greater cause than his own selfish ambition. He saw a greater cause. Is there a cause worthy, more worthy than your own selfish ambitions? Are you willing to get out of your comfort zone? Are you willing to step up and do what God's telling you to do? That's what happened to Nehemiah. He seen a cause that was more worthy, living for, doing, that would bring God's glory some glory than his own selfish ambitions. He was a Jewish leader. He became a Jewish leader, but before that he was a Jewish slave. He was a cup barrier to the king, so he had a cushy job. He had a real cushy job. Cup barrier means that he was making sure that the food and the drinks was okay for the king to eat and drink so no harm would come to him. That sounds like a cushy job. I'm sure he was eating the best of food, drinking the best of wine, doing all of that, you know, living in the palace with the king. So he had a comfortable position there. But he was willing to give it up for God. He was willing to give it up for God. The Bible says that his fellow men, fellow uh, Israelites, his fellow fellow brethren came to him and they told him there was a problem in Jerusalem that the broke the walls was broken down that the gates was burnt up and the bible said he began to weep and he didn't weep for just a little bit he weeped for days because there was just a burden in his heart for the people of God he loved God and he loved the people of God so he wept and then he, the Bible says he began to pray. He began to lift them up before God, reminding God of his covenant with them, reminding God that God was going to protect them, provide for them. Have God ever put somebody or something on your heart that you begin to weep, a tear just have you ever been in prayer and all of a sudden the atmosphere changed and God put an impression on your heart of somebody or something and you just begin to cry out to God? You begin to just prevailing for God, travailing. That was intercessory prayer that he was doing. That's what that was. That was intercessory prayer. We have an intercessory team right here. Annie back there, she leads that. She prayed for our government. She prayed for our children. She prayed for the schools, the homes, the broken homes. We are praying for not just us, but all the people in this world. Because that's what God wants us to do, and that's what Nehemiah was doing. He was praying for his nation. That's what he was doing. He got out of his comfort zone and he began to seek God. God, what is it that you want me to do? Have you ever asked God, what is it? When he puts something or somebody on your heart, what is it that you want me to do? Do you want me to be a part of the solution to this problem? That's what he was asking God. And then in the midst of that, 
he began, the Bible says, he began to repent. Isn't that something? Not only did he repent for the people because they had turned away from God and they were just disobedient. They went against every command that God was giving them. What does that sound like today? Today, the world is turning away from the commands of God, doing whatever they desire to do. Well, that's what they were doing. And it led them into captivity. But now that they were released, they came back to their homeland and they found out that it was of ruins. There was no walls. There was no, no gates. And they was just in despair. Couldn't see their way out. In despair, being harassed by their enemies. Yes, because the walls was torn down and those walls meant protection for them. Protection against their enemy. There was no walls. So can you imagine sleeping at night and wondering, any time now, somebody can come in and I'm gone. So they was in great despair. And Nehemiah, he recognized that. He recognized that and he began to pray, God, what can I do? And then the Bible said he prayed again. God, whatever you tell me to do, but give me your power. Because it's not by might, not by power, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord that we're going to be able to do what we're going to do. Amen? When God gives you an assignment and a calling, you don't have to worry about doing it on your own. God will equip you to do it. God is there with you. He said he'll never leave you or forsake you. He's with you, whatever that calling might look like. If he say, use your voice in your neighborhood, use your voice in the schools, use your voice for the government, he's there with you. Nothing that we can do can be done in our own strength. And that's what Nehemiah recognized that it had to be the strength of the Lord that was going to give him victory, not of his strength. So what did he do? The Bible says, and I'm going to just do it quick, that he adhered. He stopped whining. He stopped having a pity party, and he got up. God wants us to stop whining about what's going on in this world. Stop having a pity party. Stop giving our opinions about it. And be about it. However that looks to you. However he tells you to do it. That's what Nehemiah got up and did. But before he did anything, he sought God. And he asked God to give him the power to do whatever it is that God wanted him to do. And that's what we're supposed to do. When God gives you knowledge and a strategy and directions, then you get up and you do it. No matter how hard it seems, no matter how comfortable you are in your present situation, Nehemiah was real comfortable, but he got out of that. He got out of his comfort zone. He answered the call. Are you willing to answer the call? He had great talents. You have great talents. He had spiritual gifts that he used to help build. He was an organizer. He helped. He direct, you, you do this part, you do this part. He used his mouth, you do that. I want you to do that. He used his mouth. He used his talent. He used his gift. He used the power of God. You use your spiritual gifts. You use your talent that God has given you. And you rely on God and his power to do whatever it is that he's calling you to do. However, he's calling you to use your voice. That's what Nehemiah did. But God wasn't just concerned about the city. He was concerned about the people. Are we concerned about the people? The people, the city was broken, the walls was broken, but the hearts of the people was broken. The hearts of the people was broken. That's what God's biggest concern was. 
That's what he wants us to be concerned about. The broken hearts. It wasn't just the walls that was broken. It was his people that was broken. He wanted to restore the city, but he wanted to restore the people back to him. That's what God wants us to do. That's how he wants to use us. For the ones that are lost out there, our voices, when we declare the good news, it'll restore them back to God. Amen. And Nehemiah, he understood that he couldn't do it alone. He knew, he understood that he needed power from God. We understand that. But he also understood that he needed a village. Esther, the priest, he solicited her help. And what did the Bible say she did? She began to preach the word of God. And as she began to preach the word of God, they repented. And they say they were sorry, and they turned back to God. That's what God really wanted. That's what God really wanted. He wanted them to turn back to their first love, him. That's what God wants in this age, in this time. He wants the people to turn back to him. He wants to restore their faith. He wants them to restore their hearts. But he needs us. He needs us. We need each other. We need, the head is there. The head might be the leader, but you need that neck to turn that head. Amen? You need the neck. The neck turns the head. If the neck don't turn the head, the head is just straight. Amen? So we need that. We need each other. If we're going to do what God has called us to do in this age, in this time, if we're going to be a voice for the generation, if we're going to be a voice for this generation that think that they are woke but they are asleep, then they need us. They need us. The first commandment God said, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind. But the second command was love thy neighbor as thyself. So if we love God, we got to love our neighbors. No matter what they're doing, no matter your neighbor's not just the people that live next door to you. Your neighbor is this world, is mankind. That's who your neighbor is. If you love God, you love your brethren. If you love your brother, you will share the good news with them. Amen. Are you willing? Are you willing to answer the call of God? That's what you, are you willing to be a part of the solution? Are you willing? Are you willing to make a heartfelt decision that God, when I leave here, I want you to stretch me. However that looks. I want you to stretch me. I want my will to line up with your will. I want you to use me. There's people that hearts are broken, soul is broken, bodies are broken. God, can you use me? It's not about what you know. It's about who you know. It's not about how much you got, but are you willing to give what you got? God will use you if you're willing to give what you got. He'll take that little bit and he'll use it in a mighty way. You'll be amazed of what God can do with the little bit that you got, but you're willing to offer it up to him. Amen. Some of you right now, I don't know if I'm explaining. It's not a, a jump in the shop message today. I want the message to be related to you in a way that you can hear God say, I'm calling you. And you will answer that call and you say, here am I, God. Send me. I'll feed your sheep. I'll do whatever you call me to do. 
Use me, oh God. That's what he's waiting for. That's what he wants. Step out the boat. Walk on water. <laughs> it's going to seem like you're walking on water sometimes. It's going to get rough. Rough. The waves are going to be shh. But hold on to God's unchanging hand. Hold on to him. Not because help is on the way, because you already got help. You already got help. So I'm asking you today. Mark 10, one scripture left. Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man can, came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came as a servant of the Lord. And he came to minister the gospel unto man. He went about in the form of a servant doing good. Ministering to the soul and the body and the spirit. And the ultimate great work was he took us out of Satan's grip. And brought us into freedom through the ransom price he paid on the cross. Jesus came as a servant to do the will of the Lord. He could have, God, no, nah, I won't. But he saw a cause that was greater than him being, staying up there with God. God said, come on down. I got work for you to do. I want to use you. There's a world out there that needs you. And I'm going to use you. And that's exactly, he became a, he paid the price for our sins. So that we can be free. Free to live the life that God has called us to live. Free to do the things that God has called us to do. Are you willing to do what Christ did? Are you willing to be a servant, to minister the gospel? Are you willing to do that? Are you? And in the end, we want to be able to say, God, when we leave here, here am I. Use me, God. Let my voice be the voice that you use. And then he can say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen. Praise God. I hope you receive from this message on today. I hope it's a thought-provoking message. That it's time for us to do something. And if you're doing something already, let him stretch you even more. Because now is the time. This is the season. And if not, now when? If not, now when? Hearken to the heart of God, words of God, the voice of God. Be obedient to what he's saying and what he's calling you to do. Let him use you. Amen.